0: We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are all built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs Have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com.
1: Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us,
2: wise folks,
1: it helps protect.
2: I'm 19,
1: strong, and asthmatic, and at higher risk.
3: From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.
4: From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open, you be queen, you were fired. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom, proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise, be smart, be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone and prayer, be every form of gem king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors. And the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come. Dropping Gem. Dropping Gem.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. This is your soft place to land where... We ground teachings of higher consciousness and make them so tangible, so applicable, graceful, and filled with ease for your daily life. That is always my intention. Thank you for joining us. This episode is going to be so good. This is especially such a beautiful episode for parents out there. As we record, it's actually Halloween, and I just uh, finished having a gorgeous... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> little preschool Halloween parade with my little one, he dressed up as a waffle. So that was fun. His One of his favorite foods is waffles. <laughs> and when I asked him what he wanted to be for Halloween, um, I said, do you want to be Spider-Man, baby? You want to be the Hulk, Paw Patrol? But I want to be a waffle. So I found him a waffle costume and I was syrup and I love it here. I am just uh, so grateful for moments like these. So my heart is so full and expansive with childlike joy and wonder today. And I am so blessed to have an incredibly special guest who makes powerful work for our little ones that really allows us to spiritually grow with them, to give them tools that are going to guide and and honor them for the rest of their lives. Today's special guest is Malika Chopra the CEO of Chopra Global, a media entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and mama. She is the author of the Just Be series. That's Just Breathe, Just Feel, and Just Be You, a trilogy of illustrated how-to books for children and the adults in their lives. These books provide simple tools to understand and support social and emotional knowing, resilience, meditation, mindfulness, and self-reflection. Malika released her newest book, Buddha and the Rose, this past September, as she and illustrator Neha Rawat breathe life into this simple but poignant story of awareness, wonder, and the joy of being present and open to seeing the world in new. Malika has taught meditation to thousands of people and is currently a mindfulness consultant for the animated series Stillwater on Apple TV+. She enjoys speaking to audiences around the world about intention, balance, and living a life of purpose. Malika has a BA from Brown University and an MBA from Kellogg Business School and an MA in Psychology and Education, the Mind, Body, Spirit Concentration from Teachers College, Columbia University. Without further ado, such an honor um, to be blending my world and have my soul sister, an amazing woman who I admire so deeply, Malika Chopra. Welcome to the show.
5: Oh, Devi, I'm so happy and excited to be having this conversation with you. You are definitely your soul sister.
0: I am. I'm so excited for so many reasons, Malika. Like I, you know, I have the pleasure and the privilege of knowing you as such a multifaceted being who has done So many incredible things and influenced with mindfulness, with self awareness in so many industries. But my favorite thing is that I get to reach out to you for mom advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, something that, and I've shared on the show before, you know, you have written some really just breathtaking books for making this work begin to be tangible in the lives of our little ones. And your latest book, is it has become one of my son's favorite books. And every time we look around, when we go on our morning walks and we find flowers, every time he sees a rose, he said, is that for the Buddha? Is that for the Buddha? (laughs) It is the sweetest, you know. (sighs) Okay, let me center this because I'm going to go on and on. But your latest book is so beautiful. It's called Buddha and the Rose. It is in stores everywhere. And it is making tangible for young minds and hearts this understanding, I feel, of God, of the bigger universe, of love. I think to start and ground there, what led you to write this book in this way right now?
5: Uh, what a good question, Devi. And I love that, that he sees the roses or the flowers and asks if they're for Buddha. You know, I grew up in a family where storytelling was part of our everyday life. So you um, know my father, Deepak, and my brother, Gautam, who's a storyteller. And, you know, in our culture, um, stories, mythology, All of these um, great sages and teachers. That's just part of how we grew up hearing these stories. So, this story of Buddha and the Rose was always a story that we heard growing up. And it's a hard one to actually um, explain because it's really an experience, which is there was a silent lecture that Buddha gave to his students, and he just sat on a stage and he held a rose, and nobody understood what. They were waiting for him to speak. And actually in the traditional story, he was on stage um, on a platform with his one of his favorite students. And after a while and people muttering and saying, what is he doing? Suddenly his student awakened to what Buddha was sharing with him, which was that this rose was part of an eternity that had gone, you know, um, from beyond before it was a seed through the suns and the skies and the rains um nurturing the seed into a rose and then this rose continues to kind of give joy and connection and love whether it's through the weddings or the festivals or the honey and the bees carrying you know that nectar to um nurture um other uh flowers and so this um buddha student just had this awakened moment and so i have always loved that story but when i decided to kind of figure out how to tell it i decided to tell it through the eyes of a child so i chose sujata who you know was supposedly the milkmaid who gave buddha the milk to break his fast I thought, let's bring some women into this story um, <laughs> and some young girls. Uh, and so I told it through that perspective. But what I do love about this book, and and I love that, you know, you've been able to share it with your son is it's the artist actually brought it to life. Because like I was saying, it's kind of a long story to tell, but the way in which she brought it to life, I the think. The illustration, definitely.
0: oh. The illustrations are striking. It is so rich and it's so beautiful. And like, I love the page when you were speaking of the honey and the bees. Like that was one of my son's favorite pages to look at. And you know, just for us and that kind of like primal, like bzz, we like doing that sound with each other. So that yeah. page was. But all of the the illustrations are so striking. Um, They're and it, great.
5: And you know, you asked why now. So, you know, I've written so many books for kids and many of them are very practical, you know, just breathe and very exercise oriented. But I think post-pandemic, we need some joy and wonder and just release. And so um, that's the kind of why I wanted to do this now, because I felt like it's more of a book of wonder. Um, And I do think we need that.
0: You know, it- When you were first speaking of the book um, and the way that it unfolds, I felt myself like my eyes got a little misty. Because when I reading that book with my son, something that felt really profound for me is it was a reminder of how far I've come on my personal journey as a woman, as a because in the pand uh, because in the pandemic, um, I remember just being able to walk outside. I have a little rose bush and stare at a rose became something that felt like it was changing and saving my life. You know, being able to walk outside and look at it. And I i was in this practice of trying to train myself to feel more joy. And that was my means to that. And so it just, it, it's so breathtaking, you know, this concept, this way of sharing that with your children. And I think about You know, some of the deeper effects, and I'm going to ping you with all the parental questions, but those deeper effects of like, you know, all of our kids, they're so trained to say, I want this, I want that. Or, you know, it's like we're so used to giving them things or the latest this. And for my son to feel excited when we go for a walk to see a flower means so much to me, you know, for us Mm -hmm. to be able to have a conversation about something that isn't. Cartoon characters, it's not bluey or Paw Patrol. You know, I'm able to like, he's able to ask me a question about this flower, and then I can just talk about the teachings of the Buddha. It's like, ah, the way that it can ground your ability to share more love with your child, to share more information that actually nourishes their soul and not just their imagination feels so amazing.
5: Yeah. And I think that's what we can use. You know, that one experience of looking at a rose or s- smelling the flower to think about you. we can use that to use all of our senses to look at the colors, the smells, the touch of the petals, um, but then think about like, OK, what brought us to this moment? That was the other thing that I just love about this story, but the concept again, which is you know, it takes a million things to happen for us to experience this particular moment, even this moment of you and I talking, right? Like, everything coincided to bring us to this moment. And so, um, and, you know, then so many things can coincide to kind of create the next moment. So if we can start sharing those concepts with kids early on, I just think it's a way for them to feel more connected, to the universe, part to other people, to a continuum, and so you know when you first even ask the question, it's like it's so hard to explain what it is because explaining it is so deep, but right, but yes. in that walk with your kid that you're experiencing that um, in real time, which is so beautiful, and you know, and and part of nurturing um, him in a sense of safety and security and connection and love and everything.
0: How did you decide that this kind of work needed to be grounded and created for children? Because you've also written powerful books about yourself and your enlightenment as a woman. You've done so many things in the world. How, what, what made you come into a place of recognizing this need, especially at this high level? Because I feel like a lot of the things that come out for kids, There's nothing this deep and this vast.
5: Well, I think for me, First of all, there was nothing planned or strategic. I like my my book Living with Intent, the subtitle is my somewhat messy journey to purpose. <laughs> so I just wanna like emphasize the messy part. Like, you know, I find that for me life has been kind of this windy journey. Sometimes I feel like I'm on path, sometimes I'm totally off. Like, you know, and so I think even the kids' books, um, you know, an opportunity came for me um to write them. Which was, um, someone asked me to do it, so I was like, sure. And then I realized, like, as I was doing it, that I had learned all of these techniques, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was a kid, and how important those were for me at different stages of my life. So I do think that, um, you know, just Breathe it was this first book that was the opportunity to share some tips, but then as I started to think about all of whether it was the stories or. in touch with our feelings or um, asking questions, which we do in our Chopra meditations, our reflections and intentions, I thought, oh, you know, we really can share this with kids. And, you know, since I spent a lot of time in classrooms, I saw like kids love this stuff. They actually love talking about this stuff and showing you, Mm -hmm. you know, how they can do tree pose and bring together but breath, intention, balance, stillness in like um in a second. And so um, I feel really lucky and it's it's really just kind of been stumbling along with one after the next after the next. I had no plan. Um, You know, when I wrote Just Breathe, that became a series of books. So there's Just Breathe, Just Feel and Just Be You. But it was more like every time I wrote one, I was like, oh, maybe there's another one. Like, And then with the little kid books, um, My Body is a Rainbow is really an exercise from one of the other books. And then I was like, oh, I love doing these children's books. Let's try Buddha and the Rose. But Buddha and the Rose is very different because it's not as how-to as the other books. It really is um, more of this conceptual idea, which I think hopefully is bringing out some sort of joy and connection.
0: You mentioned your first book and something that that I always like deeply appreciate um, and has been so meaningful for me on my journey is both you and your father, my beloved Deepak. Um, you both speak, you know, it's like I think when people get in rooms with the two of you and I, I noticed this, especially like at our Chopra retreats, like whenever you guys get a chance to be on stage together. Everyone is always just like, oh, my God, these enlightened beings, you know, and it's like, I think people can hold you and your dad in a way like you're floating in the air. But both of you are go out of your way to ground it and let us know that this journey is messy. You know, you didn't pop out of the womb in your enlightenment, you know, like your dad will speak about the fact he was like, yeah, when I was a doctor, I was smoking, I was drinking, you know, and You know, you even sharing the messiness of this journey, even with the tools. It's like, I think it's so powerful because everyone imagines that you are trying to get to a place where everything is perfect. And that is never it. It's about amassing the tools so that you can be still in harmony and regulation that you can, you know, be co-creating with what's happening around you.
5: Yeah, you know, I think it's it's so funny because. I think for my brother and I, um, you know, our dad's just our dad, like we never saw him as like something bigger, um, or you know, uh it, in a different way that people look at him. And we grew up with people like would catch us like getting a coke from a Coke machine and they'd be like, <laughs> "Ooh, we're gonna tell your dad, and we'd be like, Ooh, it is for our dad. You know, it was like <laughs> like there's this <laughs> perception and mythology that people like to portray. Not just on my father, I think on on well-known figures. Um, and my dad knows how to play into that, wearing his red glasses and red sneakers and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think it's really important for people. And that's why I share very honestly about my struggles, um, you know, all along, which continue every day. You know, it is messy and we're all just trying to do our best. Um, and I think, as women, we have a lot of responsibilities that go beyond you know just our kind of what we're trying to do professionally, um you know, taking care of our elders, our youngers, our you know finding any sense of balance, and boy, have I struggled with that. So, you know, I think it's really important to build community um with each other by supporting each other by being really honest and authentic.
0: What do you think are some ways for women? you know, what you spoke to? It resonates with all of us. I don't even know how women, how we do it, how we've done it for centuries. Because not only do we do it all, the expectation is always that we do it all. And speaking to that multi-generational piece that you just said, it's like, yeah, we are the ones responsible for the caretaking of the elders, of the children. And then, you know, just kind of like, maybe hope that one day a year you get a massage because it's Mother's Day. And it's like, Okay.
5: (laughs) It's so absurd. I think, you know, for me, what it's been is being, uh, taking one step at a time, recognizing I can't do everything Mm -hmm. and I have to set my priorities of what matters most at this particular time. Um, You know, I wrote Living with Intent, my book, um, like a year or two after Lean In um, by Sheryl Sandberg came in. And I remember when that book, when I was reading that book, I was like, are you kidding? Like, we're trying to do so much. Like, we can't Um, do more. Like, you know, there's just like this, uh, you know, this we can't be super women. Like we, each one of us um, has our own struggles. And so I just think that um, um, recognizing that we can't do everything all the time. And for me, a big shift was, Um, instead of uh, thinking about sacrifices, like we have to sacrifice this. It was more like, okay, I'm making this intentional choice right now to focus on this in my life. Um, And, you know, that for me, a lot of that has meant not doing things that, you know, could have been good for my career or make a lot of money, but because I wanted to really just be present, you know, in a certain way with my children. Um, So I think it's a very personal thing for every individual, um, but I think it requires a lot of just kind of um, letting go of guilt, (laughs) learning how to say no, um, and just celebrating kind of the small steps rather than worrying about like the end goal.
0: Mm. A thought just came to me and I'd love your thoughts on this, Um, especially I know because your little ones are now big ones. Do you, how, how much does your spiritual relationship with your child evolve as they evolve?
5: It's a good question. It changes, baby, I think all the time. So, you know, and I will say that, um, like you, my children have struggled in different ways. And as a parent, that's really painful because you feel really mm. helpless and there becomes these moments where you realize, like, I can't fix it. Like, I have to be a, here to support, to love unconditionally. Mm-hmm. But there's some things I can't take care of and heal and say it's going to be okay. Um, and so, and you know, as our kids go Ow. grow older, they, they face hard times. And so uh, I do think part of the parenting journey is that personal also coming to terms with that I love this child like beyond anything and I would do anything to take care of them but sometimes I can't Um, and that's really hard so um, and it changes I think it gets you know for me like with one of mine, like the teenage years have been a little harder, but like I've seen how my elder one kind of comes through it, but now she's going through different things as, you know, young college student. And so it's really just bearing witness um, and just having that sense of unconditional love and trying not to judge, but also letting go of the need to take care of things all the time oh, and when you God. have little ones like your little sweet boy um you know it's hard to imagine that but like it's real like it is real like your kids you know and I don't know the quote right now but you know um Tibor Rumi says you know we, our kids are meant to fly like we're just here to carry them through this space now again they'll be with us for life hopefully. Um, and you know, luckily in my culture, like they are with us for life. But um it's hard. It can be hard. So, you know, parenting as. is I'm I'm a big fan of Shifali Saberi and, you know, how she kind of really turns it around. Like it's really it's a spiritual journey for us as parents, um, as we're um. going through these uh different phases of our kids' lives.
0: I promise you. And I feel like this happens whenever I'm with you and we're talking about (laughs) children, but like my eyes are misty again because as you were saying that, like that, you know, that is my journey right now, my spiritual journey as a woman and as a mom. It's that standing back a little. And my son is four. And you know, we we just had a play date with his with his classmates at a park this weekend. And I'm like, everyone else is chilling. Like they're cool. Everyone's talking, they're eating pretzels and talking. And I'm literally like this, like ducked under things, like trying to like watch him without him seeing me, like, what's he doing? What is, what's happening? And I just, you know, I had to calm down and I got home later and I, I was meditating while he napped and I was just like, okay, you're at play with something now. You know, this is, there is a shift happening inside of you and you have to force yourself to take a step back. Like you have to let him come into more of himself without trying to make sure he's okay so much
5: it's so hard and you know that's the thing it, I hurts. Think okay. it hurts it's painful it's you feel um helpless you feel guilty at times but oh, it is but that's kind of why it is a journey like it really is and wow. i you know i i think people go through it in different ways but for me as a parent that's been the hardest part of it is the idea of truly letting go um, of trying to control or direct, like, and giving them the space to feel sad, to feel lonely, to, you know, um, to cry, like, it's,
0: it's hard.
6: One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos.
7: We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures lie just over the next ridge? Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always updating assistant that can be called on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination, the journey itself, or both, your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile, and no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect your phone, along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every single one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn
3: more at NissanUSA.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic so grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back, and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic Podcasts. As you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day.
0: When it comes to your spiritual journey, um, I'm so I'm so curious about the way that that evolves, especially when you do have a foundation of the work. You know, as you as you shared, your dad is, I think, one of the best storytellers of all time in the world. You know, the way that he the way his brain and heart works, that he can so many understandings together. Someone's enlightenment, you know, and he shared about telling the different stories and the different myths. um, You know, to have that foundation, but then you go into the world as a woman and you're having your own experiences and you find the work for yourself in a completely new way. Did you find that you were falling even more deep in love with practices? Was it, was it, did it feel like you were experiencing them for the first time? You know, what did that feel like when you went through? I'd imagine like a second awakening at a certain.
5: You know, I think for me, it's a good question. Not many people have asked me that, actually. Um, I think for me. My meditation practice is so core to who I am, because I learned when I was so young. So and even though I'm an irregular meditator over years and I you know try to meditate once a day versus two, um, for me, that practice has been my grounding, like. Uh, it just has been. And when I'm off, I'm usually not meditating. So I have to return to my meditation practice. Um, and so for me, that I don't even think of it as part of my spirituality or my journey. It just is what it is. It's like brushing my teeth. Um, and so for me, I I have that. Now, my journey, though, of self-reflection and of growth and all that, I would say really kind of was triggered by becoming a mother, like, and it was, be, you know, being pregnant during 9-11 and, you know, oh, wow. imagining like having all this joy and excitement of having a child, then, you know, being that morning, like thinking like, oh my God, what am I doing wow. bringing a child into this really, um, uh, you know, uh, crazy, place. crazy world. <laughs> um, and so that became, then the urgency became more relevant to me of like thinking about who am I what do I want how can I serve what am I grateful for in this life what do I want to share with my children so I very much do like for me that's what this journey has been about Um, it's not even about kind of a spiritual path it's been like okay who am I because I have these two amazing beings in my life like and I want to be here to serve them in the best that I can.
0: When can parents start meditating with children? How can we start grounding that with our littles?
5: You know, I always say the same thing don't even worry about doing it with your children. Do it for yourself, and your children are watching. And so, you know, that begins before you can have children. <laughs> like, have your own path, and your kids are there, they're watching you. And then, As they get older, you can share things with them of like how to take a deep breath or how to move a certain way or go for a walk and look at a rose. Like, don't worry about the practice as much as finding that groundedness in yourself and then finding the relevant ways to share it with them. That brings them joy because we don't want to like force kids to do anything because then they're not going to enjoy it.
0: I love that so much. And it takes the pressure off. I, our practice lately, Malika has been, um, I have these little yoga position flashcards and, you know, they're just fun, little silly ones. And it's like, be a candle or, you know, make, make your bridge. And Questy and I have been doing that. And it, it makes me just cry, like watching his excitement and pride when he does like a pose, he's like, look, look. I'm the bridge. And I'm just like, oh, 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 my baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You little bridge. You just did it.
5: <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what, it's that joy and that connection and, you know, his pride and your like emotion and your love. Like that's what that journey is. It's not about him sitting and meditating or doing a class. Like forget about that. Focus on like those moments that you guys are together celebrating and exploring and, asking questions and, you know, thinking
0: about imagining stories. Like that's what it's about. What is your hope for women in this time? We're in a, we're in a new time of consciousness and it really feels, and I'd love your thoughts. This is how it feels for me. Like we're in this gorgeous feminine awakening across the planet. It seems like women, we're really allowing ourselves to take off all the roles for real, like not just talk about work-life balance. and But no, we're like sitting here and we're actually saying, I have a boundary. That's a no. I'm choosing myself in this way. I'm doing this. You know, as someone that has been teaching, been in this world for so long, what are you noticing and what are you hoping for us right now?
5: Gosh, I wish I could be as optimistic as you are, Davey, honestly about it. Oh, Lord! <laughs> honestly, I'm feeling a little bit like I can't help but be political and practical about where mm. we are right now. And I think, um, you know, from the we're coming up with an election that, yeah. you know, really is going to have um, real effects on women's choice um which we're seeing yeah. all over this country we're seeing what's happening in iran um you know with um women there like i think we're actually at a really um pivotal and crisis moment actually yeah. um, in which women really um we do need to stand up um we need to be out there people better vote, um, yeah. but it's hard, like it's a hard time because I think when um, when kind of the establishment gets kind of, you know, pushed a little bit, like even, you know, whether it's around race relations or it's around women's rights, people are pushing back. And so I think it yes. is, an, a, it's important that we find that strength that you're saying, To set boundaries and push, but there's going to be, I think there's a lot of fear also. um, And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot at stake right now. Yes.
0: Yes. Well, and, you know, I think I'm experiencing both because I feel like that is also, it's messy, you know, what it is to come into this kind of paradigm shifting moment that I think that we're in. Like it is requiring a lot of us. It's requiring a lot of work, but it also feels like we're accessing maybe parts of ourselves as women that historically we have not been able to. You know, even, even being able to say no is, is really a new thing for women, being able to speak truth or have a zoomed out consciousness of the things, that, the things that are happening. You know, when I see our sisters in Iran, it's just like, it's just mind blowing. You know, it's just mind blowing, and the courage, and the power, and the strength in a city, in a in a country where women have been so rigidly, violently oppressed. It's to me that's what you know consciousness and action also looks like.
5: One hundred percent, and I would just echo though that the same situation is here, you know, yeah. and what's happening with the right to choose and, you know, make choices on our bodies and, you know, and these crazy, crazy um, systemic ways that people are pushing against that kind of freedom on so many levels for people. Um, I do think that's why it is so important that we are empowering um, each other and supporting each other. um, And of course, those who are really um, you know, at the forefront
0: of many of these causes as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. A couple quick fast questions. Tell me your personal favorite book of all time.
5: Oh yeah. I I <laughs> won't even say a book, but what I do get lost in are the poems of Rumi. You oh. know, I've my my father's obviously, you know, always kind of quotes them, but like for me, I can truly get lost um in, you know, their his books of poetry and words.
0: It's delicious. It's just uh uh what um do you have last fast question do you have a famous a favorite excuse me um roomy poem expression or quote
5: uh um The one I love is we came whirling out of nothingness, scattering stars like dust. I have always loved that. And I, you know, I've always thought about that when I think about my kids, because it's like, you know, out of kind of this, the rich nothingness, they come and then they just, you know, they scatter (laughs) just so much around them. And so I've always used that
0: sometimes when I think (laughs) of my kids. (laughs) Literally, figuratively, emotionally. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, your latest book, Buddha in the Rose, it is available now everywhere. Big, big, big recommendation. Me and my little just have such a special time. And, you know, I just, I'm I'm grateful for your books because it allows me to make things that are so important to me that are the intentions I have for his life, workable, tangible, with ease, with grace, with him and me. I think they've made me a better teacher. They've made me just a better lover of my son. So thank you so much for your work.
5: Oh, Devi, I'm like, I love you when you and I connect because you do have, um, you know, Quest is younger and you're at a different stage um, in development with him. And so it's just so joyful for me to hear your stories when you're telling stories about how just you learn with him and you share with him and you explore with him. It's so inspiring. Um, And so, yeah, I just, I I love everything you're doing. You know that I'm your super fan, always
0: have been. I love you so much. (laughs) And I am so excited to be with you. We, and actually anyone that wants to join, there are a couple seats left. Malika and I will both at, um, in November be at the seven spiritual laws retreat with Chopra. It is going to be incredible. I'm expecting, Malika, that we party, like kind of party. You know, we're going to be, <laughs> I want us to stay up late, stargaze. Um, it's going to be an incredible time. Chopper retreats are just some of the most life-changing experiences you can have. And I will be, I'm really gratefully and happy to be gracing the stage as a host. Um, Leila Delia will also be there. And so will Londrell, of course, Deepak. Oh my God, this is my favorite. My favorite book, my favorite teachings, an incredible location, um, and we'll all be there together. It's going to be incredible.
5: Can't wait. It's going to be so fun. So, thank you, David. Thank you always for all the support. Um, just so, so honored to be your soul sister. Very lucky for that.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for blessing us with your time. Um, and I cannot. Wait, everyone, as you're listening to this episode, all of Malika's information and also a link to purchase this book, it's going to be in the summary. So, as you're in your podcast app, scroll down, click it. Amazon Prime will get it to you ASAP. (laughs) Thank you, Malika.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Mm, big thank you, Malika, for this just beautiful, expansive episode. Highly recommend. I cannot recommend enough to pick up these beautiful books for you and your children. You know, a question that I get so often in DM, so often in my email, and when I have the beautiful opportunity to connect in person with listeners to this show, I meet a lot of mamas and I meet a lot of daddies and I meet a lot of people that are on a journey to reparent themselves and then share this work with younger generations. And sometimes that piece is what feels so far off or so confusing or so intimidating. You know, as you're on this journey, how do you share the impact and the meaning and the importance of this work, but in a way that little minds and little hearts can connect to it? And Malika's books are the answer to that and more. So I hope you will go ahead and equip yourself with these powerful tools. And you can continue to connect with Malika. Please join her on her Instagram. Check out her website and everything that she's putting forward in the world. That's at Malika Chopra. And go ahead and leave a five-star review. If you're digging it, share this episode with a friend. Just shoot it through to a text right now and write a review if you would Find a couple extra moments today to do that. All right, your soul work for this episode of the show, your soul work is to take some time, have a journal nearby if that feels good or take a nice walk. And I want you to find a rose or I want you to find a beautiful flower. And I want you to let yourself get really close to it. I want you to smell it. If it's possible, I want you to feel it, to touch it. Maybe even allow a petal to touch your face if you can bring the rose up to your nose and let the petals fall around your nose, on your cheeks, on your mouth. I want you to notice the sensation of it. I want you to really notice the smell. And then take another deep breath in. And I want you to notice the smell under the smell and any textures that are present. And then if this is possible, I want you to take that rose or flower and I want you to get grounded on the floor, seated. That could look like being on the grass outside, allowing that fresh air to be with you as well. It could also look like wherever you happen to be, there's flowers in a hotel or in your home. But sitting down with it, moving slowly, taking your time with it, and I want you to cup it in your hand. Maybe let the stem pass between your fingers. I want you to hold it up close to your face. And I want you to stare in the center of it. And as you stare in the center of that flower, I want you to allow yourself to trace the petals with your eyes. To notice the color, the richness of it. To notice the feeling in your hand. And then allow yourself to soften your gaze and see what comes up. That's it. We will be back with a new episode next week. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate review and subscribe and send this episode to a friend dropping gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the black effect network it's produced by Jack please and me Debbie Brown for more podcasts from iHeartRadio visit the iHeartRadio app Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows
2: may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com.
1: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
7: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not with 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled